Dein Tuschi. I'm your host, Jeremy, and this is episode 65 of Flying Intuition. I'm here with Tanner Judd, and we're about to pop some helium. I gotta get some water. Shout out my roommate Alex for, for giving me the balloons. Here, if you want to buy it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> So how you doing? <laughs> doing pretty good, man. How are you? <laughs> good, man. Big Saturday morning. Just uh, just had my last day of work yesterday. Yeah, I know. We're sad to see you go. Pretty legit. Yeah. Uh, Moving on. Big boy things in life, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're excited for you. I'm excited for you. Yeah. I, uh... Yeah, what, what, what did you say you were up to last night? Just chilling out. Sat outside. <laughs> enjoyed the nice... Well, slightly nice weather. It's pretty, quite humid, but I don't know. I don't do much. I just try to enjoy my weekends and relax when I can. I yeah. Keep busy during the week, so. Because you're, you're recently married, right? Yeah. That's like, yeah. I think out of everyone I brought on, I think you were like the most recent, like, like newlywed. Yep. I got married to my wife uh, October 9th of 2020, 2022. So, yeah. yeah one year anniversary already coming up. But, yeah, so it was really exciting to have that. And, you know, we'd been dating each other since senior year of high school. So yeah. So it was an awesome, awesome experience. And yeah. Just, yeah, great all around. So. You you honeymooned in, like, what was it, Sandals? Uh, yeah, it was a, in a resort in uh, Antigua. So yeah. we were really excited about that. I wanted to pick your mind about that because yeah. I've always wanted to go out to Jamaica, <laughs> but I've, like, never, never really had the chance. Yeah. Or, no well, one's been, like... It's not a trip that I would plan, but if, like, one of my boys would be like, yo, like, you want to, like, come to Jamaica? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'd probably, like, be like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll, know, let you know about Jamaica. I'll, I'll let you know about Jamaica, too. That's our follow-up uh, one-year anniversary this October, so. Yeah. You're so, going again? Uh, yeah, well, we went to Antigua. Oh, how far Jamaica. away is Antigua from um, Jamaica? I don't know. <laughs> is it in the Caribbean? Yeah, they're, they're both in the Caribbean, like, the... Uh, the Antigua is definitely part of like the West Indies, though. It's kind of like the outer belt of the Caribbean, I think, before it hits the Atlantic. I don't know that for sure. Don't like. <laughs> don't question. Well, like, yeah. Yeah. But you got. Is it. From what I've understood, like, the move is to get the, like, all inclusive stuff, right? Or all. Yeah, most of the resorts are all inclusive. Okay, like, just automatically. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and I wasn't, like, always, like, a. I think I'd be a big fan of them, but, I mean. It's like adventuring and stuff, but it's nice if you just want to relax for a vacation to have everything taken care of like that. It's not compared to like, you know, going hiking out west like you did this yeah. summer or something. Like that. It's two different experiences, and you have to like prepare for two different experiences. But if you're gonna do it, I, I, I like the all inclusive, the all inclusive vibe for sure. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's that's sweet. What 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 was like a typical day there like for you, like? I don't know. We woke up, had breakfast. Let's see. Yeah, woke up, had breakfast, got out, and 
my wife and I, Kennedy, we just liked hanging out at the beach all day. Yeah. It was, you know. Just having a few on the beach. Yeah, had some on the beach. Yeah. And we do, like, midday kayaking or something after lunch. We have, like, all kinds of water sports and, like, snorkeling trips you can take, too. So we really enjoyed that. Um, you know, we usually had, like, an evening chill before dinner, just shower up and then head to dinner and... Enjoy the rest of our night. Honestly, we went to bed pretty early most yeah, right, nights because yeah, we're just right. so tired from being out in the heat and the sun all day. But, I mean, yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool experience. The only annoying thing about one of the resorts is that in Antigua, all the beaches are public. So just continuously, while you're on the beach, you have beach vendors and guys oh, trying to sell you. Oh, I didn't think about that. I was like, is he, are you just going to say it's busy? Or? No, well, it's like, it, it's like the Sandals Beach is like not, like there's no one else besides the Sandals people really, but they have like vendors that are like down the beach and like people trying to sell you like excursions and <laughs> weed and yeah. all kinds of different stuff. And it's like, they get kind of annoying because they're kind of pushy <laughs> yeah. about it, but you spend like over a day there and they realize you're not going to and gauge with them. Oh, you kind of see alone. the same same dudes, like over yeah, and over. yeah. It was yeah. always the same people every day trying to sell the same stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, I'm not interested. I'm not but interested. that's yeah, that's like for some people that like really don't want to deal with that. It's a big like figure that out before you find out what your destination's gonna be. Yeah, if the all the beaches are public or private in the in this area that you're going to. Right. But, yeah, I mean, it sounded like. Well, just for context for everyone listening, like, you did this, like, at the start of your PhD, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it was, like, the best time to <laughs> fit it in, and so it was kind of, like, trying to relax and also worry about, like, getting ready to present for a conference and yeah, finish okay. writing up my data and doing all my lab analyses, so I wish it could have been a more ideal time, but, I mean, it only gets busier. You're, I think, yeah, you're no about matter to find what. Out. Yeah, yeah, no matter, yeah, for sure. I think... I went out with my uncle last night for some drinks, and that's, like, a motto he always lives by. It's, like, people sometimes tell him, like, oh, I want to, like, go on this trip, but, like, it'll probably, like, I'll do it in, like, a few years. And he's he always challenges the people and's like, why not now? Like, what what why yeah. does it have to be in a few years? Work's, all, like, work's always going to be busy. Yeah. There's never going to be a great time. Yeah. You just have to, like, decide that you're going to do it and make make that time for yourself, so... I think, I think you can always, like, have an excuse for something, but, like, yeah, unless, unless you're giving your defense, like, that week, I feel like, like, there's obviously big events where you're like, yeah, I'm not gonna do it, like, this week, but in the grand scheme of a year, I feel like there's a couple weeks in there where you could, like, you could, you could do it, you know, like, just save up the vacation and, like, get your butt to, like, where you want to go, you know? Yeah, and it's, it gets hard, especially when you get older into a job or, whatever you're doing yeah. it's like it's hard to like compartmentalize everything and like let go of it for a week or two or however long you're gone to be like i'm not gonna worry about work i do what i can and take care of everything when i get back but you know like you said no one else is gonna like vouch for you like oh yeah you should take this time off you gotta do it yourself yeah so well yeah i, I guess like thinking about it now what i kind of wanted to do is just like I guess, I don't know if I've ever really done an episode like this, but kind of just, like, walk through, like, the big steps in your life. Yeah, so like, absolutely. Like, you you were, like, born and, like, grew up in Ohio, or in Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Was it close to Cleveland? Like, where is it at? About 20 minutes south okay. of Cleveland, a little okay. suburb area, so it's a, yeah, a little town called Bedford, Ohio. Yeah. So, yeah. 
And then you, you, you chose to go to West Virginia for undergrad then? Uh, yep, I was between University of Kentucky or West Virginia University. Okay, so you were thinking do, about going to Kentucky. I wanted okay. to do, uh, my brother went to University of Kentucky as well. Uh, so that was kind of part of the convincing reasons, but... Solid basketball. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so either one of those knew it was going to have Kentucky, obviously. Far superior to this point still, but... Like academically like, or basketball? Uh, bas- Basketball-wise, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't really yeah. know about academics. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but both of them had mining engineering, which I originally wanted to get into, and like... Mining engineering? Yeah, like building mines, like making okay. sure they're safe I did stable. not know that. Yeah, so I was really interested in engineering. I took like a pre-engineering course in high school that really made me interested in it and then I like got to orientation the summer before I was about to start so like yeah it'll be about you know five six years because uh, of your math <laughs> it's like well um like I kind of suck at math, on some math so. yeah I was like gonna have to take a lot of extra courses yeah. and stuff and it was gonna uh, it's, that really doesn't seem appealing to me and I know I'm not that great at math but yeah. I don't know at least I had that realization before I got into classes and stuff I think was ideal <laughs> that's what held me back too I for a while I was considering majoring in chemistry and yeah. they I took math I took calc one here my freshman year in the fall and like I barely scraped by with a B like Still to this day, when I look back at all my classes I've taken, like that's one of the hardest classes for me personally that mm-hmm. I've taken. Because every day, I like after lecture, I go right to a tutor and be like, "How do I do this?" Because the lectures are just—I'm a strong believer. Like math should not be taught in a lecture space. I mean, it's, no. it just doesn't work. Like, no, it, it works better. I I could think of a couple different classes like that and like coding and stuff. It works better yeah. if everyone's just like. Working through problems together, exactly. not like one person yeah. teaching on a PowerPoint, and I think most people would probably agree with that, but... Like, very, yeah. I don't know, very, I guess math is objective, but, like, very, like, like, content-heavy stuff, like, bio, history, I think those kind of classes can be taught, like, from a lecture. I think, I think that's a great way to teach those, but, like, when you start getting into the hard sciences, like, I don't know, I think it, I think chemistry you probably could... Mm-hmm. But even, like, physics, it's just, like, yeah, I don't know if this is really, like... I think the concepts are good to teach, but, like, once you get into, like, the math portion, it gets, like, I don't know. I, I kind of lose my mind in lecture. Yeah, it, it works better if everyone's, like, either in small groups or together. But my experience is, like, get a worksheet with the calculations on, work through it with someone, and, like, or work through it with a professor. And the, that's, I don't know, it's just... It clicks more that way. Yeah. Like, even just, like, seeing the equation and the answer written out and then, like, kind of reverse answering it, like, figuring it out based on what the answer is, that has always worked better for me. But, I don't know. No one wants our thoughts on how to teach classes. Right, yeah. (laughs) We're not high enough enough to be be doing that. (laughs) But, yeah, so you went West Virginia and then mining engineering was kind of... Yeah, that wasn't, wasn't going to work out, yeah. and I just didn't want to spend that long. I still feel that way. It's like, I want to get done with all this as quickly as possible, and right. here I am on, what, year, year six or seven of my, my uh, post-high school education. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so I decided that I was going to get into forestry and natural resources that interested me at West Virginia, and it also, okay. bonus, had uh, reciprocity. Uh, a reciprocity with Ohio? with Ohio yeah so it was like they're not state. even they're not even touching like they're not even touching each other right? the well, state, like barely the like right at the top 
Uh, oh, they, uh, they do? Yeah, that's, okay. yeah like barely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they basically want to draw as many people from Ohio as possible. Yeah. West Virginia has has trouble getting students even to this day. Right. Like, the, the levels that they need anyways. So, I mean, the state infrastructure in general is really isn't, like, great. Yeah, I mean, it's struggling it's, a lot yeah. right now. Uh-huh. But, but so it was kind of a bonus as in-state tuition as well. I'm on top of a smaller scholarship that they offered me, and it's like, okay, this seems like the right choice. This is interesting yeah. to me. And then uh, about one or two semesters in, I took my first plant and soil sciences class, so it was very general. It from talked environmental science, talked agriculture, mm. forestry, like conventional agriculture, and like more regenerative agriculture, and talked about the issues that we're facing and. That kind of hooked me right there to like get into like in more into plant and soil sciences and agricultural sciences in specific is like that's where I could see having having a purpose and see having a career. So that really got me excited that course and I switched into the agroecology program at West Virginia University okay. and that's where I started taking classes really all related to soil science and kind of got got exposed to all that and that's where mm-hmm. i met zach and worked worked as an undergraduate in his lab at west wow, virginia that's, University that's such a, a full circle moment. yeah that's so uh-huh. crazy to me. zach so me and tanner like work together in the same lab and zach is like our boss and yeah so like you're his student now as a grad student but then like Four like what what was that like four years ago or yeah, something three four years yeah ago, you were you were just like me like an undergrad working for him at a different university yep. you know like mm-hmm. so pretty full cir- circle moment there yeah it really just tells you the power of like making connections and stuff and you know keeping keeping in touch with everyone and you know it, it just happened by chance that a position here was available when I was looking of course yeah it made a difference to me and to Zach that we both knew each other because it was still in the middle of um covid i guess at the time and they weren't doing like visits to universities and stuff like that so yeah. didn't really have a chance to wouldn't have had a chance to meet anyone in person or see the lab so i, I knew i could kind of trust zach and i think zach kind of felt he could trust me as like a as a graduate student so yeah was, yeah the power of connections is very important especially oh, yeah. as you get get into college and and beyond that yeah so, yeah i uh like Okay, so you're, like, like going back to, like, West Virginia, you're, like, you're, like, 20, 21 years old at this point, like, is, is this, like, kind of the critical point? I feel like that was a critical point for me, where it's, like, okay, I gotta start thinking about, like, what I want to do with this, like, agroecology major, you know, you're gonna graduate with that, like, did you start, like, looking into stuff, and you realize, like, you're, like, okay, I might actually need, like, some, some higher, like, post- post-undergrad education type stuff yeah and I I think for me it was like my junior year I really started like paying attention it's like what can I actually do and I was looking for internships and stuff I didn't know what I was gonna do yeah that's a classic my junior senior year it's like I really need to do something related that's gonna actually benefit me I can't work in like a filter making factory anymore (laughs) even though it's nice but I gotta do something that's actually benefiting my career so and I started to see just like what the jobs were like and it's really not what I was looking for and the pay wasn't what I was like going to make a career off. Like out of, out of undergrad you're saying? Yeah, out of just with a bachelor's degree. Yeah. Just like what did it mostly entail? Like from, 
from your knowledge, I guess. It really felt like you're basically, like, working as, like, a technician in, like, private labs or private companies or even government positions or, you know, with the <laughs> USDA, the, uh, I think the National Resources Conservation, something like that. NRCS is the acronym, but, like, all the jobs are, like, out in the middle of nowhere, Montana or something like that, yeah. and doing things for... 15 20 bucks an hour on an hourly wage out of a bachelor's degree and that just i i wasn't gonna have the freedom to do what i wanted i was gonna yeah. do what someone told me to do and I, I mean if i I, re- I started to realize that i thought back to that plant and soil sciences class and thought a lot about the issues that i had learned about in agriculture and you know how we're gonna solve these issues and what can be done and with a bachelor's degree i had no power to actually like be involved and helping find solutions and I thought that going to graduate school is going to give me the knowledge and the education and the background I need to help actually find solutions in agriculture so that's kind of what led me to well you know none of the internships I kind of got a late start in between that junior and senior year finding an internship and that's when I reached out to the other soil microbiologists um, that taught my uh, taught the course at West Virginia and I said, I'm really interested in joining your lab, but she referred me to Zach because Zach had a new PhD student just starting and uh, she was looking for a lot of help that summer. And that's how I got involved in that. And I was like, I could really see myself doing graduate school, but not just because I don't know what to do next. I really believe this is an investment and a good next step for me. Yeah. I feel like some people get into graduate school for the wrong reasons sometimes. That just leads to a bad experience and bad future decisions, unfortunately. But I, I felt very strongly that it was the right choice for me because it was going to advance my career opportunities. So I think that's the most important thing. If you're thinking about grad school, I was telling our coworker, Emily about that yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, cause she, I, I don't know. Like if she, I didn't even know if like she was like interested in grad school or not, but I'm like the next two years, like, with you working in a lab, like naturally people are going to like push it on you and like ask you, are you doing it? And it's like, you really got to ask yourself the question, like, am I just doing it? Cause I don't really know what to do after. And I'm like kind of scared of the real world and getting a real job. Or mm-hmm. do I really see it as like an opportunity to, like you said, like make an investment in myself. And I know that like, while I'm closing some doors by specifying my field and specifying my like, type of education where like I'd be expected to get paid more but do something a little more specific too like are you confident enough that like on the other side of that like you're gonna be fine working in that field and you're gonna do everything you can to like try to get a job in that field yeah I feel like if the answer is yes to that then yeah I feel like it's it's definitely useful then you know yeah and you enjoy it is the most important part like yeah you have to enjoy it Uh, you can get away with it so you can like fake your way through a master's if you absolutely need to i feel like but no way you can do that through a phd (laughs) like once you start that you really gotta finish it or that's you know it's like gotta follow through on stuff so but yeah and i think the most but the most important thing that helped me out in deciding what i wanted to do next was the classes were important but getting involved and in, you know i got involved in the plant and soil sciences yeah. club and uh, i forget it was the agroecology club and getting involved in the lab really helped me push me to make those decisions and gave me surrounded me with people that were gonna help me make those decisions or at least give me the right advice that i needed to succeed so that was 
one of the most important things I think my advisor at West Virginia told me was if Emmy told this to her class one day is if you just take classes during your undergraduate education at here at West Virginia or any university for that matter, you are probably only getting less than half of your actual educational yeah. experience. You're really, it's really just a waste of your time and money to just take classes yeah. if that's all you're doing for four years. That's a ballsy thing to say, but I think there's definitely some truth in that. No, I, I, I think especially in you know, like environmental and in a lot of like STEM fields, that's probably definitely true. Maybe in maybe other fields it's not. That's how you make connections. That's how you meet people because whatever you're in, it's going to be a competitive job market you know and you want to find ways to stand out as well so yeah getting involved is the best thing you can do for yourself yeah that that's something that my friends are like a lot of my friends who aren't like going on to grad school or anything like they're struggling with that because and it's like it's kind of how you look at it i i would have liked to like if i was gonna go into a job like right after undergrad like a real job i think um like, leading up to that, like, even junior year, like, I would have went to career fairs, and I would have, like, tried to build connections with some of these companies I might be interested in, because a lot of my friends, like, ended up, like, cold calling or, like, cold submitting applications, and it's, like, I don't care if you're, like, Albert Einstein, like, majority of time, like, those, those like, a lot of those, like, resumes are never going to even get looked at, and no. you're, you're just going to get dropped, no. so it's, like... But if all if all it takes is like having that one person on the inside, it'd be like, I don't even like my my roommate from freshman year. We met up and got um, got Chipotle a couple weeks ago, and he's like, even like after I apply for a job, I like to like reach out to like the HR person on LinkedIn and be like kind of talk with them and be like, can I set up a meeting before I submit this application? Just so like they at least know your name. Then you know even Absolutely. that like helps a lot. Yes. And, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Like, I think mm. a lot of students have the misconception, like, out of college that I have this piece of paper, you pay me, like, I'm going to get a job automatically. And that it just doesn't always translate like that. And, and especially now, as much as you're just, everyone pushes, you know, go to college and, you know, get your bachelor's degree and go get a job. And everyone's pushing that. And the value of your degree is really just getting less and less, it feels like, over the years. And that's what I kind of sensed as well. I was like, I'm going to have to stand out and I'm going to have to better myself more than just a bachelor's degree because it just seems to mean less and less the way yeah. they're pushing college. And that's another thing that I wish I kind of would have knew in high school that, I mean, I don't know if it would have changed my career path, but it's like, I wish I would have known that there's an, another option to make a, make a good career and a good living besides just going to college, like technical schools and oh, vocational yeah. schools. Yeah. Like, no one wanted to talk about that. They just no, they to never... I, yeah, I, I, I'm... It's interesting that you had the same, like, experience as me with that. Like, I... It just seemed like, yeah, it was always, like, four-year, four-year, four-year. And then, like, they'd be like, oh, and there's also, like, tech, but, like, no one wants to do that. You yeah. know, and it's just like, why why shouldn't they all be advertised equally, you know? I yeah, think. and, you know, it's you definitely, like, work, like, it's probably a lot more physically demanding in a lot of those jobs, but they're important jobs you're never going to be a non-essential employee yeah you know referencing especially like the start of the pandemic <laughs> you know to get it labeled non-essential kind of sucks but it's like if you do that kind of stuff like make sure you're actually essential what you're doing matters yeah. you know so yeah uh, i didn't i didn't even think about it like that but yeah yeah i feel like the three main doors out of high school and 
I, I'm, a, I'm at least a big believer in, like, dude, you got to do something out of high school. Like, if you want to take a gap year, like, sure, take a gap yeah. year. But, like, I think you got to, like, you can't just end it at high school. No. Like, for education, I don't I don't personally believe. Yeah, and the, the friends I knew that did take gap years, it's, you have to be motivated to get back yeah, into it. Yeah, because then you get complacent, I It's feel easy like. to just, like, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it eventually and yeah. get back to, like, if you don't do it now... You're never going to do exactly. it. Exactly. you got to push yourself to do it. So, Yeah. I, well, I, I feel like the three main doors that I can think of are, like, college. I mean, I'm not going to count gap here. But, like, like a four-year, a two-year, like, at a tech. Mm-hmm. Or I even think, I, I think for a lot of people, like, a mil, like the military route is honestly a good option. Because you get paid really well. Mm-hmm. And you get the the what the gi bill after yeah depending then, on how many years you work I yeah think. depending on the setup they do pay for your college education yeah, exactly to to so many years of service that ends up like it's kind of like a longer term investment than i think like a college degree in a way but it it ends up like if you play your cards right i think it it could honestly end up working out better for you than a, than a four-year in yeah, a lot of ways because sure. you'll save money yeah. you'll get like a cool experience of like working for the military and yeah, yeah and then you still get like your four year at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. So that's trying to like, you don't have to have everything figured out like out of high school. Is, yeah. Like, I mean, I that that's was, also but... the thing. Like it's society expects you to have it figured out at 18 and it's like, there's just no way. This is not a reality. <laughs> like you can get away with switching your major. It's like, it's like after, you know, sophomore, junior, you really have to start having an idea of it. Right. Like, Otherwise okay, you're going to, you know, lose money at this point and it's yeah. not like i was t- talking to my uncle about that too like if you switch junior senior year like it's not like two three thousand dollars like how it was back when like my parents grew up like it's it's like a i don't want to call it a mistake but it's like it could be upwards of like forty thousand gone you know because you yeah. couldn't figure out what you wanted to do and it's mm-hmm. like just makes the decision that much more like i think like just a lot more pressure on you to really determine that Absolutely. you know like yeah <laughs> when the money's that much when it comes to that mm-hmm. just but yeah i don't know i uh oh that's the other thing i wanted to bring up um with like with the with the de- the value of the bachelor's degrees like going down like you said like mm-hmm. or at least it seems like it is mm-hmm. like do you think I like I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast a couple times, but I like to hear like what people have to say. Like, do you think like even I don't know now or like as we go on, like there's going to be more and more like graduate level degree holders? I think we're already seeing that. I feel like, like yeah, I feel like, you know, in a way to me, I'm you know, I'm not I don't feel like I'm in competition with anyone or anyone in like my like graduate student cohort or even our lab for like everyone has like different goals and different types of jobs that they're trying to achieve but in general there's a lot of phd opportunities out there. there's a lot of phd students it feels like and maybe i feel biased because i've been around it and you know in academics for the past six seven years but it's like if you you really have to make yourself stand out even with a phd um that's there's a, a lot of PhD students, and yeah, you have to make yourself stand out. I guess yeah. that's, that's all I'm really trying to say. It's like, because just having a PhD doesn't mean anything if you really didn't like show you can do the bare minimum, but that's not going to be impressive 
when you're in a pool of other PhD applicants. But it used to be, right? Like, 60s, 70s, maybe even 80s? Like, yeah. I, I, I think even up until then, like, you could you could get your PhD and, like, apply to be a professor, right? Yeah, and that's it's just, like... The, the culture's definitely changing around that. And oh, just, could you imagine, dude? Oh, like, yeah. we get our PhDs and, like, we can just hop into a professorship. Yeah, and oh, like, my know, God. I, I, It'd be so cool. I honestly never thought about it when I was an undergraduate, even, obviously, thinking about a PhD, but I was like, oh, if I had a PhD, I'd have it made. And now I'm, like, coming to the realization. It's like, I, I'm still really going to have to... Not that I didn't plan on working hard anyways, but, like, really make myself stand out in a pool of other PhD applicants uh, for these types of positions. They're very, very competitive. And uh, what the department had, when I was at Oklahoma State University, had told me, sorry getting ahead of your timeline, but (laughs) he said, you know, getting a master's degree opens a lot of doors for you, but starting into a PhD closes a lot of doors, honestly. And that's, I, I can see that reflected in the type of jobs that are available. And that's honestly the truth that you're really closing a lot of doors. You become overqualified or people yeah. wonder that's why you're ta- trying to, to touch down. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, <laughs> yeah, I think the culture is definitely changing around like what the value of any degree graduate yeah. or undergraduate no. is. So. I, that's what I was going to bring up because it seems like I think everyone's starting to see that now. Like, you can no longer just, whatever your degree is, CS, um, chemistry, like, history, it doesn't It doesn't matter. Like, you can no longer just get good grades, and that's, like, enough. Yeah. Like, like your professor is saying, like, over only half of your tuition is going to classes and getting those grades. But, like, the other half, I think, is, and I, I, I guess I can't speak for how education used to be, but... I think now more so it's like kids are really thinking about like sophomore, junior, senior year. Like what are experiences in the summer that I can get that will like end up benefiting me for my career? Because it's no longer like, look, I have this piece of paper. Yeah. You need me because I have it. You know, it's more so like, okay, yeah, we know like 20 other people have that piece of paper, but why should we choose you over them? Like, and it's those like experiences and yeah. Like you said, all those different things that I think, like, are going to, like, s- set you apart. But it, it makes yeah. it s- for such a harder experience in undergrad. Like, you, you kind of always have to be thinking about, like, what's next? Like, what can I do to, like, I don't want to say, like, get ahead of everyone, but, like, mm. kind of differentiate, differentiate yourself from, like, the rest of the pool. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've known a lot of people that, because they've done, started doing internships their second, third year of undergraduate degrees that's what ultimately gets them into a full-time job after they graduate yeah and like just it's a big benefit to them it is. so it's, get out there and do something else can't just sit and take classes no. bottom line i think you used anymore. to i genuinely think yeah. you used to and you mm-hmm. could be okay but it's it's come to the point where you can't and I, I i i like i feel bad for people that like i mean i'm not gonna say like i didn't struggle with classes but like by junior senior year like i mean like I think more, most of my priority was going into research. Like yeah. I did, if I'm going to keep it real, like yeah. I wasn't taking a whole lot of classes and like, yeah. after, after a few years in classes for majority of college students, I think you kind of, you figure out how you study best and you kind of just figure out like how to, how to take a class. Yeah. Cause like ideally what I was talking about with my roommates the other day is like, what I'm trying to do is get, get an A in the least 
in the least amount of effort as possible. Yeah. <laughs> I think like that's <laughs> yeah. like the general thing. It's like I like I'm fine not getting a hundred percent. Like I yeah. I prefer not to to be honest. Like I just want to do. I, I, I want to keep as much of my time for other things as I can, but, like, ju- invest just enough to be, like, yes, I got, like, 93.01 in the class. Yeah, like, I must exactly. have been doing it right, you know? Like, <laughs> that's just, like, yeah. yeah. And that, that's kind of how I see it. But, no, I think, I think even more so, like, a PhD used to be, like, you get, like, back in the day, like, it was, like, you get your PhD and, like, you can go whatever direction you want, you know? Like, yeah, nope. It was no, there was no like, oh, like what, like, I guarantee when I started like interviewing for jobs after my PhD, it's like, okay, so what was your project on? And then they're going to be like, you know, oh, like what else did you do? And it's like, what do you mean? What else? Like that takes up a large amount of my time. Yeah, but it's uh, like, I, I have a feeling that that's just going to be the reality of it. Yeah, no, they want to see what else you did. Did you, what are the real world experiences? How did you collaborate with other people? Yeah. Like, I think that's all going to be really important. I'm trying to, like, think strategically about that now. Yeah. So. You really have to. Yeah. And I don't know. I think hopping into a PhD for me, like, out of undergrad, I'm, like, I know there's things that, like, I'm not going to address just because I don't have that experience. But I'm, I'm trying to, like, do my best, like you said, to, like, plan stuff out and, like, because it is, like, I don't know. I think we talked about this. But it is, it is the start of my career. I see it as. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't see undergrad as, like, the start of your career, but... I think a PhD in a lot of ways is would be like the first year on like in a in like a real world job like you're kind of connecting with others like forming your little connections and like trying to trying to figure all that out while also like doing a project that you find is like super super interesting and cool mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a lot more planning than undergrad absolutely yeah is what I'm it's not realizing anywhere <laughs> yeah no it's like my family always asks me, like, oh, how are classes going? It's like, I might take one or two yeah. classes. <laughs> like, I don't do classes anymore. It's very different from undergraduate. And I, I don't know if you got this, but, like, even last night with my uncle, like, it was, like, it's getting to the point where I'm, I'm so, like, I'm getting so high in, like, the education spectrum that, like, you know, all my family knows what an undergrad degree entails, but now mm. they're like having to sit me down and be like, okay, like, what the hell are you doing? Because yeah. like, not, not in like a way, like you shouldn't be doing this, but they just want to like, know. So when they're talking to people, like, what is, what is your grandson? What is your nephew doing? Like yeah. they have like yep. something to say. Cause like yeah. they, I, I don't think a lot of people understand what grad school is. And no. it's like, uh-uh. and, and it's easy to like, be like, Oh, you're just one of those elitists now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people bias it that way too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, in a, in a large, in a large way, I think it, I feel like grad school kind of gets a bad rap, honestly. Like, I, I think to the general public. Yeah. Yeah. In, like, in that sense. Uh, it's kind of deserving. It's like, realize that people are on their own little bubble their own little world and like academia especially it seems like and you know everyone better holier than thou type of attitude sometimes yeah. and it's kind of warranted how people think of that and although it's kind of stereotypical but it's it's true in some sense there are some of those people you know, out there though, yeah but, sure. you know, there's a lot of people that just work normal jobs too and you know in my field um you know agricultural soil science from probably going to be headed as like a crop advisor like you know no making nutrient management recommendations in the future hopefully it's like it's really down to earth jobs working with 
farmers and producers in you know a lot of different small areas and rural areas of the U.S. or whatever state I'm in. It's very down to earth type of jobs that PhD people do sometimes. Yeah. So it's not always academia, and that's kind of what I'm exploring now to figure out. And I know we've talked about this before, so yeah, but yeah, yeah, and I guess like getting getting back to the to West Virginia, like, do you remember the moment where you're like, okay, I think I might just send a master's degree, just see what see what I can come up with and like hopefully hear back from some of these programs and like yeah like do you remember the moment like was that like senior year for you or when was that I think it was the first summer I worked in the in the lab as an undergraduate student okay. and I was like what was that junior year like uh, going into senior year? yeah going into senior okay. year and then mm-hmm. I was I was like okay I think I'd like to try my own project out but I see what goes on and like I kind of see how it goes and you, you kind of have as an undergraduate for me I was like I especially my first year I was like I could never do graduate school I'm not smart enough to do that or kind of had that feeling about it. It it's like they were like some super smart like miraculous people that are graduate students and that's not it's not always the case and it's like you got to know graduate students and see what it was really about and that's when I was like okay I think this could be a good decision for me on top of seeing what like the job pool looks like for me at the current time with just a bachelor's degree. So that was the moment that I had that. And I was like, okay, I'm really excited to do my own independent study project now. Get into that more. And it's like, it's like, like I said earlier, it's like you realize that if you actually want to have the knowledge and the education to help solve these solutions, you need a PhD in some cases. And not to say you can't, be a difference maker without a PhD or a graduate degree in general. Like I thought my, with my path and the type of jobs I'd see myself doing in the future, that was the best opportunity for me. So. Yeah. I don't, I think, I think for me, a PhD kind of started out like I was this, like, like it was just like something I needed to get to where I am, like, or where I want to be as like a scientist. But Mm -hmm. now like the more, I like kind of look at it and the more I'm like gearing up to go into it, it's like more so like, it's like, I was talking about it in Brooks episode too. It's like a, it's almost like you're unlocking like a new way of thinking kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Like you're learning how to become an independent thinker. And I think that's something that undergrad just doesn't teach you at all. Like it, and it's unfortunate because I think it's, it's, it's a really like cool skill to have. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think it, by any means like that's the only way to teach that mm-hmm. like is through a PhD I think I think you could learn that and I think even for some example I think like my dad is like really good at that like he in ways like um he like he's like a big like fixer upper kind of guy and those mm-hmm. guys I think in in a way have a lot of the same thinking patterns as like graduate students and like post PhD like postdoctoral people have it's like yeah. like you look I don't know my 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 dad work, looks at any like man made thing and he's like okay well if it's man made then it's like someone was like smart enough. and there's, there's levels to this I mean I'm not talking about like looking at a like a nuclear bomb or something yeah. but like uh-huh. like a like a like a washer a dryer like just stuff around the house like if it's man made my dad says like there's a pretty good chance like he'll be able to fix it because it's like yeah. someone just like like them like 
and just like my dad like put that thing together like yeah. there must be it can't be that difficult you know no, and yeah. i think that's a very interesting way to look at things whereas like especially like my generation like gen z is like like anything goes wrong with anything and they just like throw up their hands and they're like oh this is like I i'm never gonna be able to figure this yeah, out yeah there's just, like, so many important life skills that are far more important than just having educational knowledge and yeah I'm, I'm one to believe that they're, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be smarter than anyone with, even just because they have a high yeah. school degree, because there are people that are just as smart, if not smarter than me in many different areas. Yeah. And just because I had to have like, you know, take more classes, you know, still a lot of the same skills are the same project management, you know, collaboration with others that whether you're, you know, a, me- a mechanic yeah, or you're you know, a research scientist, you have to have a lot of these same skill sets and really a lot of these same ultimate life skills that are very important that, you know, just because it's important life lessons, just like, just don't judge anyone because they may not have a certain degree or something like that because they're just as valuable. Yeah. Sometimes (laughs) smarter than, smarter than people are willing to give them credit for. Right. I think, I think society as a whole, like kind of, like creates this hierarchy that yeah, like and it's just not that way they're like know, government officials and like what we're doing like science stuff like those are like the top dogs and then everyone else is just like below us and yeah it's just like it's just not the case at all no like, for sure know? and i mean the the real world experience that some other people gain from not spending especially not spending that time in college is far more important you know i did like my first field day event last week and it was for some farmers, uh, stakeholders, and co-op uh, folks uh, up at the Arlington Field Station. But uh-huh. it's, it's intimidating because even as a PhD student, and probably even once I have my PhD, it's always going to be intimidating talking to people that have done agriculture their whole life. And probably will, even though I spent seven years in, quote, agricultural sciences and doing agricultural research, they're always going to know far more about oh, yeah. agriculture than I it's, am. And it's it's weird, yeah, now that you say that, because you're kind of coming in and being like, like, you're not telling them what to do, but you're, like, kind of advising them, even though, yeah. like, they've been... I think that's an important thing to, for you to, like, keep in mind. I'm, I'm yeah. sure you do, but, like, mm-hmm. it's like... Yeah, keep in mind that, like... It, it, it reminds me of, like... It'd be, like, me, like, advising... It's almost like me, like, advising a professor what to do in their research, you know? It's like, yeah. it's, 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 it's different than that, but it's like, you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's, it's a weird, like, kind of, because usually it's the person on top that has the most experience is, mm-hmm. is, is telling people what to do because they've, they've gone through it all, you yeah. know? Whereas, like, you, like, you take, you just look at things from a different perspective than they do. So, mm-hmm. like provides them insight that they wouldn't otherwise have yeah uh-huh and you know, it's one example is like they can think of like one good example of that is like you know we talk a lot about uh like planting winter cover crops with manure uh in during fall applications and that was kind of part of what i talked about uh for my new project that i'm working on but it's the one person brought up is like we can't really do we're all the way up in northern wisconsin by the time we harvest corn silage and and get the try and get cover crop, crop planted, there's not enough actual growing days left in the season to actually get a cover crop established. Like it, yeah. it just doesn't work for us. And it's like we can like push that as like the scientifically correct thing to do to help like improve uh, you know, groundwater quality and prevent nitrate leaching. 
and that's what we push as a university as research scientists but there people know from experience what does and doesn't work sometimes where they live and their farm specific applications and it's it's a i can tell for me already it's going to be a humbling experience in a lot of situations like as a research scientist in agriculture (laughs) like but it's interesting so i do look forward to it but yeah it's always Never go in there thinking that you know it all is yeah. the most important lesson that I've seen so far, and we'll just have to gain more experience on. But. Yeah, I think uh, now that you frame it like that, like it's like you you advise something, and then they're like, "Oh, like I know my land type thing," and mm-hmm. it, it's I know that's not going to work for me. It kind of reminds me of like sometimes when you go into the doctor's office and something's wrong, and mm-hmm. sometimes like you'll hear doctors that'll like really listen to what the patient has to say because mm. ultimately like they've lived in their body their whole lives like they're the doctor only knows what he knows from classes and like other experience yeah. you know so like it's like the patient is saying something like my my roommate nate is like big on this like he works at a hospital and it's like when a patient goes in and they say like like they know they know what's wrong and they've like done through this before and the doctor thinks otherwise i almost think it's like sometimes you really and it's a hard call to make but sometimes i think it's 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 almost better to like trust the patient and yeah if you can tell they like are really like coming from a place of truth like i think it's yeah especially the better thing to do yeah especially they don't know the patient i mean at the end of the day it's just like we do for like diagnosis like <laughs> there's far less room for error in like the medical field yeah. but it's like ultimately it's like decision trees are used to like help make diagnosis di- a diagnosis i'm sure in some cases and like figure out what's actually wrong with like based on certain symptoms and do the same thing in agriculture with like a field that has like a spot that won't grow or plants that have like deficiency symptoms and use a flow chart or like a decision tree but if the farmer and or the patient knows like this has happened a lot of times this is what's wrong it's you know it's sometimes you need to put in perspective too that everything we do in science even in the medical field is just our best understanding of what we think is really going on that's it's really just our best understanding so like to say like oh this can't be true or blah 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 we don't really know we're we're just making our best guess all science is just making our best guess. Yeah. We never really know, and that's, like, it's hard to keep in perspective sometimes, but it's important because it's, you know, <laughs> you got to be able to validate other people that might think differently than you, so. I think especially in fields like ours where, like, I don't know, I'm like, I'm going into, like, immune system stuff, and it's like, okay, so, like, when you did a study, you may have looked at, like, these kind of similar patients that had, like, maybe like a healthy immune system and same for you. Like you may be like, maybe there are other papers that found like things about soil erosion or nitrogen fixation, like in certain types of soils in certain like regions of the world. But like to just like generally hand wave and say like this treatment because it worked on healthy immune system is going to work on immune systems that have allergies or like deficiencies or for you, like, it's going to work in all these different climates and different settings. It's just, it's not, you can't hand wave there. <laughs> and uh, I, I think that's, well, like, something that, like, I think that's why science moves in su- at such a slow rate is because mm-hmm. there's all these different exceptions and controls that have to be made that, like, while you can gather these conclusions under one setting, like, 
there's no guarantees it's going to work as an umbrella throughout, like, no exceptions. Like, any any sort of environment or yeah. is going to, like, is going to apply for yeah, that. And exactly. Like, like you said, yeah, like, you're like, well, like, I have data supporting this, but it's like, if the farmer, like, knows their land well enough to know that, yeah, this isn't going to work for my land because X, Y, and Z, it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like you just have to trust them, you yeah. know? Like uh-huh. they, it's yeah. a, it creates an interesting dynamic. I think it kind of shatters that, that, like, societal hierarchy that we, like, that I think a lot of us have grown up to be, like, familiar with that, mm-hmm. no, like, they, they do have some say in, in what's going on and, like, scientists obviously don't always know best. And, yeah. That's yep, appeared sure. throughout history time and time again. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, <laughs> it seems to repeat itself far too often that we see those types of instances. But, yeah, just got to be humble. Is like, don't think you know it all as, right. as any type of scientist. But, unfortunately, I see that. It's part of what gives, like, PhDs the bad rep sometimes is that know-it-all mentality and just you can't be that way because no one does know it all. We know so little about any given like scientific yeah we really all know so little about it if we put it into perspective we think we know a lot but we don't yeah so yeah big offshoot there but i think um like like i guess getting back to the timeline here as we progress like so you're you're finishing up undergrad and then you're you decided just get get go like apply for masters just out of undergrad is that yeah it worked okay correct and like what what other schools were you looking at um i at the time i had only had like like my only research experience was basically like starting at the end of my junior year into my senior year yeah and because covid hit around your senior year yeah that that was like february and i had so the i had kind of really started applying like maybe fall of 2019 for graduate okay. opportunities like late fall. Such, a, such bad timing. Yeah. It's terrible. It, it worked out. <laughs> was, you know, literally I got my acceptance like February of 2020. Oh, okay. So, and, okay. You know, well, that's nice. It's like I signed it and then like everything shut down and yeah, literally a month later, glad that I knew <laughs> what I was doing next and had that, like everyone had else had put a pause on their, you know, graduate school applications and yeah. their interview processes. So, it was very fortunate that that took place and I was knew what I was going to do next starting in, you know, August of 2020. So, but that move was to Oklahoma state university in yeah. the department of plant soil sciences. So, so yeah, what did you, was it just Oklahoma state or were you looking at other ones too? I think I had applied to a couple and they either, they didn't have funding for me yeah. or I just wasn't competitive enough at the time that I was, you know, a, best master's candidate which I understood I just you know um I didn't have experience especially research experience that probably a lot of other of the applicants would have applying for master's degree like being in a lab as an undergraduate for two or three years before applying to master's or any graduate school like it's it's gonna outweigh someone that has limited experience so I was fortunate Even if they do that, have better grades than you, I don't think that yeah, really matters. Uh-huh. So, you know, I was fortunate that I, I did have the experience that I had to, like, get into graduate school. And, you know, um, Dr. Hunter yelling at Oklahoma State had given me that opportunity um, to come on as a master's student. And it, it, glad I did it. Glad it worked out. Yeah. And, 
you know, it was an awesome, I was down there for about a year and a half to complete my master's degree. And yeah, I really enjoyed it down there. And I just learned a lot. And I feel like come time that I started to apply for PhD positions, I was a much more competitive applicant in the greater what PhD applicant pool, I should say. So it's like I had other opportunities, but yeah. Yeah. I, so like my biggest question, I, I, I can't believe I've known you for this long. I've never asked it, but like looking at this story, like here you're like 22 at West Virginia, like why the hell Oklahoma? Like how did you, how did you like set your eyes on that? Like, so I feel like Oklahoma, especially for like a 22 year old, just isn't like a very popular spot to I'd just be like, okay, like, I'm going to pick up and just head out to Oklahoma. Yeah, like, it's no. just like, what did, I mean, what did your family think of that? Like, I was like. <laughs> so I, I thought, like, Oklahoma State, like, I knew, like, I wanted a program that I was going to, like, get more experience with, like, agricultural sciences. And they have yeah. a very large, like, agricultural extension program okay. there. And that was, like, if I can, like, even if I'm not in extension, I can gain experience from that and make those connections. And that's what I valued. But, you know, my age and I went out there with my now wife at the time and it's like we don't really have anything else holding us back and it's only two years why not give it a try and see what we think of it you know it seemed like a cool town I wasn't able to visit it because I was about to go visit and COVID happened so it was kind of just packed up packed up the U-Haul and you have no (laughs) idea what to expect yeah I mean that's crazy Yeah. yeah yeah I mean, yeah. it's it's. I think it's even different for me because I've yeah. I've been to Denver a couple times. Well, I was about like, to say, yeah, similar to you, except you've actually been there. Before, you're like they're pulling so. up images on like you know you got so your Getty images, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. It's no like, idea what you got. Didn't know anyone, so I was very fortunate to have my uh, wife to come along with yeah. me, and it's like have someone there with me when when I didn't know anyone else was important. To, but I made a lot of good friendships there, and you know it was. A, I'd happily go back to, back to live in Stillwater. I I just I, I really enjoyed being in Oklahoma. Yeah. So I felt at home there. So. No, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, you. I mean, this is just a big hand wave, but I mean, you 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 finished the masters, or right? yeah, I mean, you got you got the defense. So was, I'm sure two years of your life that were definitely challenging yeah i've seen i mean i saw sal go through the same thing as you so i would assume it's pretty similar to that yeah it was a little bit just bizarre like trying to start out i was one of the first master's students in that lab at oklahoma state it was me and one other person so it was like a kind of like a new lab like zach's yeah but even like really just like starting from square one it felt like so you were like a salary bro type thing yeah uh getting into the lab and it just kind of opened up yeah but like trying to figure everything out a lot of troubleshooting errors to finally like get into my research project but yeah it was you know once it happened it was it was really good experience and like i said i'm i'm glad i did it and glad i (laughs) glad i went out there and you know, took the chance. It's like, again, with, with a two year master's program, it's like, if it doesn't work out, I don't like it for some reason. I don't have to live there forever. Yeah. But, you know, I ultimately, I knew that was my best opportunity to get a master's degree. And once I like had the opportunity to have a master's degree, I could put myself in a much better position. So whether I just wanted to go straight into a job or a PhD, I was going to be yeah. in a much better position. So did, did you know at that point, like what you wanted to what you wanted to do there? Um, I, I think I kind of knew. I was like, uh, let me, let me figure this out as a graduate student because I know like it's you know 
seeing what a graduate student does as an undergraduate is very different than being a graduate student. Yeah. So like I wanted to figure that out, and then I was like pretty quickly I was like okay I I think I could see myself going on for a PhD, and that was that was yeah, the decision was probably made after the first year, and I started to apply um, to PhD positions, but I forget where else I was going with that. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then ultimately ended up at Wisco. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. I tried to. I think I had like three interviews I was in the middle of and ended up deciding uh coming up here to UW Madison and I thought that was just really going to be the best opportunity to kind of climb the ladder as far as like like universities and yeah educational opportunities in general I thought were going to be best here for me so because UW is one of the best for for soil science right? yeah they're yeah right. they're labeled as one of the best and it's yeah. still one of the only soil science programs left in the like that haven't been combined with like plant sciences or oh, really? an agronomy program. Okay. So that's part of what makes it so special too, is that it's like one of the only actual soil sciences, one of the oldest and one of the only ones left. That's just soil science by itself. Yeah. But yeah. No, that's very cool. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, just looking at the story, I think like, I mean, how is that like going through like, like living like going alongside with your wife that whole time because that's i mean i think that's a lot to ask from her honestly yeah like, it is. to just pack up things like because i mean yeah you guys were dating all throughout college too right yep mm-hmm. that's yeah. nuts man so did like, she go to west virginia uh no she went to a school about 20 minutes south of there to complete her degree uh but so we were close enough to each other to yeah that's not other. even long distance but I yeah that's the, the first two years we did because she had to be in columbus and took like her basic courses at a college in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Okay, yeah, that's uh, where her family yeah. was and then went to uh, Fairmont University Fairmont State University in West Virginia. Um, so but, yeah, finally the first two years were a little rough, but the second two were a little easier, a little yeah. better that way. It wasn't long distance finally. It's, it kind of sucked the first two years, but yeah, it was a lot of conversations trying to figure out it's like are we sure we want to do this and like yeah. this is a big decision, but I'm glad that we did it together, and I mean, I, I think we knew at that point that we wanted to be, uh, wanted to get married too, which like it's like no doubt in our minds about that. Like even so, in undergrad, you kind of knew. That? I, I think later on, at yeah, that point, we'd like, already been together four or five years. Yeah. So it's, it's very clear to us that it's just about making the time right. Because honestly, it's you know the the not to get sidetracked, but it's like less about not that we wanted to deciding whether or not we to get married that we waited until this year but it's just a matter of like we knew we the type of wedding that we wanted to have and yeah. we wanted to like be able to like not have to get just like a courthouse wedding and you know call it like, that yeah, yeah it's like we, we knew what we wanted though and we knew that we wanted each other but yeah it was a big sacrifice on her end the past three years and then the next three years to stick with me as i do this but she's super supportive of me and you know on days that i'm ready to call it quits and just go yeah. get a job he's like nope you're gonna stick this out and i'm very appreciative of that so yeah that's awesome yeah. My, my uncle was saying yesterday he's like yeah like you know like you're you're single right now and stuff and you got your your aspirations really high and i like that but like a lot of people in our family like in the past once they like meet someone you know they get kind of kind of get slapped in the face and like they kind of like like 
I mean, it just becomes, like, naturally such a big part of your life. And mm-hmm. my uncle was, like, jokingly saying, like, yeah, I'm just, you can just close it He was just jokingly saying, he was like, yeah, like, you're thinking PhD now, but maybe, like, you meet a girl those first couple of years, and, like, maybe that turns into, like, a master's or something. I'm like, whoa, 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 let's, let's hold your horses in. But, like, I, I understand that. I understood what he was saying. Yeah. It's like... I've seen that happen time and time again with my friends where, like, they have all these huge goals and then they, like, meet someone and it just, just things change and compromises need to be made. Yeah, uh-huh. But... I, I mean, I understand it, but it's cool to, like, to hear that, like, Kennedy has been, like, very, like, supportive of you and your yes. journey and all yeah, that. Absolutely. <laughs> it would be very hard to do it without her, so very, very, very fortunate and glad to have her along for the ride <laughs> in this little part of our life is it seems frustrating at times now to like go through graduate school but we see yeah. that we see that there's a bigger picture than right. just these next couple years in the past few years so yeah you gotta be willing to see that and have someone that's willing to see that with you yeah that's i think that's a that's a big thing you've taught me as going into grad school it's like like yes it's important i think to always take things day by day but it's I think grad students like like to take it almost too day by day and they like kind of forget the bigger picture as to why they started. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's important to mi- remind yourself, like even in undergrad, like I, for a while I forgot, like you get so locked in and just like the next thing on your plate that like you forget that, like you forget the reason why you're even there. And yeah. it's like, I yeah. think especially for grad school, it's important to remember like, yeah, like, this is only temporary, and I'm doing this to get from point A to point B, you Yeah, know? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's what this is, and it, it's just, like, I don't know, I think it's, like, it's up in your face, but if you can, like, pull it back, and like you said, it seems like you do that on a regular basis, it's, like, it's almost refreshing and rejuvenating yeah. in ways. Um, and for me, it's, like, it's all got to have a purpose, otherwise it's not worth it. It's, like, what are the end products? It's, like... I got to take it like day to day on the projects that I'm on, but it's like, okay, so the end product is a chapter of my dissertation or like a publication that yeah. I need. And like, that's, that's why I'm doing it. That's why it's worth it. Cause that's one step to one of the, one of the couple steps I need to get done with this. Yeah. So very important to keep the perspective there. Otherwise you're just, you just kind of feel like in an endless cycle. Right. When, when did you and your wife, like, first, like, move in with each other? Was that in Oklahoma? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. we, like, we had, like... I mean, that's other, a big like, decision, to too, right? <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, we got to spend so much time with each other in West Virginia that it's like, we yeah. felt comfortable, comfortable with that, yeah. but it was, yeah, it was a big, <laughs> big decision still, for sure, that's like, like, yeah, I, I don't know, like, we felt pretty confident about it, like, we didn't have any doubts or anything like that, but yeah, it's like, there's... Nowhere else to go. We're both in Oklahoma. Yeah. Family is 16 hours away. So it was a little, a little bit, I think, nerve-wracking for both of us. But, like, we both, like, trusted each other and felt confident with each other. And, you know, it was never, like, super, like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Right. So. Yeah, that's that's cool to, to hear that, how that worked out, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my roommate's kind of going through that right now. Like, I'm, I'm moving in with, yeah, my roommate now and then his girlfriend. And mm-hmm. they've never lived together and... I think um, if they're listening to this, this will be kind of funny. But I think I've been I've been telling my other roommate Alex that I think it, I I honestly think like me being there is kind of ideal for them because 
and maybe you could speak to this too, but like, there's only so much predictability, you know, with living with someone like until it's one of those things, like you don't actually know what a grad student life entails until you actually live it type thing. Yeah. I think it's the same with like living with someone like you can, you can imagine, imagine it only to so much and you're like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't actually, you know, it's like way different when you're actually in it. But yeah, like, I think it's good that I'm kind of going to be with them for at least the first year because it's Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I'll be kind of this sort of like intermediary where like, I don't know, maybe like, it's hard for me to explain, but kind of just to like break the ice and make it like more like, it's not fully just them, you know, like they're, they're still like aware that my presence is there and yeah. because of that it like it like changes their moods mm-hmm. a little bit and it's not just like everything is just about them you know yeah like, yeah they think a little more <laughs> differently than <laughs> just if it was just them that makes right, sense yeah for sure because yeah. like it would be like even even like yeah if me and you were like hanging out and we're having a couple beers like you invite me over to your place or something and like your wife is there like that interaction between us three is going to look vastly different than compared to like just you and Kennedy like alone. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm curious to see how that works out for you. Yeah. yeah it'll be, it'll, <laughs> be, yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> I, I think, I think it'll go fine and it'll, it'll be all right. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't know if I'll, if I'll end up living with them, like, in year two or anything, I'm still, like, obviously, I haven't even moved in yet, so yeah. I don't really know. It'll be a but... little mediator, couples counselor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think at least for this year, you yeah. see, and if, if, yeah, if they seem to be doing all right, I think, yeah, I yeah. think I move on and yeah, maybe live with some friends or something that mm-hmm. I find down there. But, yeah. I know, but, yeah. You think you want to live with, keep living with friends and stuff through graduate school, or you want to find a try and get out on your own or I don't yeah that that's yeah, also dependent on um cuz honestly like the more i think about it the more cuz this will be the most like independent i think i've ever been in my life because the past years like i've i've had yeah i've had three or four roommates the past couple of years even freshman year i had one roommate so it's always like there's someone there and every year besides this year i guess i've had a shared room Mm-hmm. And even, even in this house, like we're always like talking to each other and stuff. I think yeah. with grad school, like I'm going to be away a lot. And when I'm going to come home, I'm going to just like the way our house is split up for next year in Denver. Like it's like Nate and Bella's half on one side and then my half on the other. So it's mm-hmm. like, I might like converse with them while I'm making dinner. But like after that, like probably just going to be hanging out in my room for the most part, like chilling on my half, at least mm-hmm. during the week. So like, yeah, I'll really have a lot of like alone time and, it's kind of like them living together for the first time. It's it it, it almost kind of reminds me of like, I'll be, I'll be on my own truly for like the first time because mm-hmm. I'm in a place I'm not familiar with and, it'll be the most alone time I think I've ever spent in my like entire life yeah. in a year. So like I think I'm really gonna get an idea of like, I liked, kind of that experience. So in in a way this 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 will be good for me too to test that out. But, I think. Definitely, I know, like, creatively, I'm much better if I'm, like, alone, and Mm -hmm. I think, like, I think a PhD, like, to a large extent, takes a lot of creative thinking and problem solving. I think problem solving and creative thinking are, like, 
both of those are like almost one and the same I've come to realize. So like, and if I, I, if I find myself like benefiting by getting more of that alone time, I think, um, yeah, I feel like it would make sense for me to just stay on my own. If I could, the thing about Denver is like to find a place that's like within reason, like budget wise. And because I know, like, when I interviewed there, they're like, yeah, like, if you're trying to find, like, a studio out there, like, it's going to run you, like, $1,400. I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to pay that. Like, Yeah, that's, you know. that's tough, for sure. So, if, if that's what it comes to, and I have to get roommates, but I, I kind of like that space to myself, like, I think that's probably something I could just tell my roommates and be like, listen, like, I know we're living together, but... Like, at the end of the day, I might want to come home and just have some time to myself. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's dependent, though. I'm a, mm. I'm a pretty extroverted person, but, like, with any with anyone, like, after a certain point, you just get, you kind of get just burnt out. And, like, I've learned to cherish when I'm just, like, kind of in my own head and thinking about things. It's, it's kind of, like, just relaxing in a way yeah there's a lot of peace that goes with that just yeah. being able to like some people can't handle being by themselves and that's yeah something. there's there's some other people like yeah. that too i think my roommate alex is really like that he mm. struggles like like just sitting down with his thoughts and i think i mean i'm not just singling out alex i think that's a lot of people that mm. have that yeah i don't even want to say it's a problem but it's just like something that some people have to deal with you know yeah like, uh, there's a lot of value in like being able to just be okay with yourself. Yeah. It's just like the quiet. Some people just can't handle quiet either. I feel like. Yeah. But. No, for sure. I, the, the one other big thing I wanted to get into was like, when, when did like, so we have this timeline, we've mapped out this whole timeline for people, anyone listening that maybe doesn't know you, like, when when did the meat slicer like work its way in throughout the timeline? <laughs> like, I know it's super random question. But, like, did that see any action in undergrad or? So, I, when like when did I start like thinking about? I started thinking about deli meats when I worked at Jersey Mines. Yeah, yeah. It was, like yeah, my yeah. dream to have like. And I guess it's not even <laughs> just a meat slicer, but you have like. I mean, I went over to a place a couple weeks ago. Like you have like classic grill. Like obviously, if you have a house, you're gonna have a grill. Yeah. But, like, but then you have the smoker, which is like a whole nother avenue yeah. that like none of my friends are really into, so I, I kinda wanted to talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah. Well I my family just got me that as like a a birthday gift a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So Okay, so that's pretty new to you too then. Yeah, okay. uh huh. But I, my brother had, had one for like a year or two, but they're not even like really like the triggers aren't really like they're pellet grills or they're not even really smokers, but it's like they're so versatile it's almost like can use as a so that it's not technically at, like labeled as a smoker. It no, it's called a pellet, considered a pellet grill. Okay. So it's like, but at low temperatures, below two twenty five, you can smoke meats like you're using a smoker. But having a real like wood fired smoker is probably a whole different ball game. Okay. But the cool thing is like, if I just want to set something on the grill and let it go for sixteen hours, I can control it all from my phone. Yeah. And like, <laughs> That's, like, the ideal part of it. It's, like, it's super hands-off, like... <laughs> go so do you think that. that's, like, the way to go if you're trying to, like, get into, like, smoking or... Like, because what, what would you want to do with that at higher temperatures, like... I don't know, like, like we use the forest, like, you can just... You can, it goes up to 500, so you can, like, sear, like, make burgers and hot dogs and steaks on it still. Okay, but, so how would that... 
Like, why at that point when you just use the grill then at that? Well, if you want two, two big damn grills in your yard, you go ahead, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, would you even need a grill is kind of what I'm getting at? No. You, okay. Hey, I, I always keep a backup because I'm always, like, thinking, like, what if the power goes out? So yeah. I at least want, like, charcoal or something. I'm, like, always a little bit of a prepper, but... Because <laughs> the Traeger's, like, electric or what? Yeah, Traeger's okay. electric, so it's, like, it's always going to be, like... If you have no power, you're not making anything on it. So you're <laughs> telling me Traeger might be the move once I get my own place. I think like, so. They have like you say, screw the grill. Maybe just go Traeger. Yeah, instead. just get that. You're if you're to... trying to smoke stuff. Yeah, maybe. and there's other like versions of pellet grills too that might not be like is <laughs> like have to drop some cash for a Traeger. I think. Okay. But yeah, um, like all my family like jumped in to give me that as a birthday gift so fortunate for that but no i've loved it so far i've done everything from like 16 hour pork shoulder to just like yeah. steaks in 20 minutes and do chicken wings on there i do just about everything that's like i don't know i think it's I think it's just as good as a grill for the most part yeah normal propane or charcoal charcoal is always a big pain but no charcoal is yeah i've come to despise that i think yeah. I, I love when my dad makes stuff charcoal wise but it's good once you have to sit down and do it yourself you're like man this is just this is, it always happens in a time like we'll be like tailgating and it'll be like bring the charcoal grill and then we get to the tailgate like an hour before the game and like yeah <laughs> it's always like it's always the times when you're like you want the charcoal to like go so fast and you gotta like wait for it <laughs> or whatever i don't even remember how to do it but yeah. it was just like you gotta like wait for it to burn, and it's yeah, just it's like, oh my god, we're gonna be late. Like, I've never had that problem. If I'm going to football, or like, yeah, you gotta get there, right? You yeah, gotta like, get there I'm there like seven a.m. Yeah, whether it's like seven p.m. game or noon, I'm there. <laughs> Same with NASCAR. Yeah, I've heard the NASCAR tailgates go pretty hard. They but, do. Yeah, just as hard as many football. Those ones. those guys don't mess around. <laughs> no, like what what time does the race start there? Uh, it depends what race you're gonna have. Some it's like some of the football game changes throughout the season. Yeah, some are like I guess there's some that two p.m. Like Eastern. Races, right? Yeah, two p.m. Eastern most of the time on Sundays is the is the go to. But yeah, they have I've been to night ones too. But they they're all fun to go to. So are you out in the parking lot at like eight a.m. or what are we? Yeah, are we my brother. Talking? Yeah, my brother and I always got into it. I'd take my take my wife, uh, my father in law. My dad likes to go to them sometimes. We've gone with everyone, but yeah, we're out there early and. We get after it, so let's just enjoy the day. There's always a lot to do. There's always, like, like it's almost like a mini carnival or, like, fair outside. Oh, there's, of the, like, a lot of the tracks tailgating? Yeah, yeah, no, there's, like, merchandise haulers, and there's, like, different oh, fairs right, and events right. going on, concerts. There's all kinds of different stuff. I'm fine just sitting at a, in front of a grill with a couple beers yeah. for a couple hours, but everyone's different. So there's something to do for everyone, though, I feel like. But same with a lot of different football games. I don't know how they are here. I gotta get to one this year, but yeah, you do. But yeah, it's a great man. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. What a. I was gonna. It's gonna ask you something. I can't remember what it was. Something about tailgating. Oh, have you ever been on like the inside of the track before? I have. Yeah, one a uh, couple years ago. Uh, my brother's buddies and uh, I, I came along as well and a couple other people. My wife was there. Uh, we tailgated at Kentucky Speedway uh, or we camped inside the track. You can tailgate in the inside? Well, you, you camp inside. Like if what? you're camping like for like, if like a, there's typically two or three races at a track on a yeah. weekend for the different series. But yeah, at a lot of the bigger tracks, at least like a mile or larger, there's camping on the inside too. 
So that's where the biggest parties are. I don't know if you ever seen like videos, especially like Talladega oh, yeah. Speedway. I mean, those are like the diehard people, yeah. right? No, like, not. I mean, some people don't even care. You don't have to care about NASCAR to go to a NASCAR race. Yeah, I guess. Like, especially yeah. if you like camping and like being outdoors and stuff. There's yeah. always there's always something else to do. It's like a lot of people just go for like camping and hanging out with friends, and but it's awesome that camp like pretty much all the tracks have campsites though, uh-huh. as well. So it's it's like a big party event for a lot of people to go and some people just take their trailers or their campers like to follow the the cup series around the country all year long i'm sure they're retired or have a lot of money but yeah like that would be the life for me like between doing that and like tailgating football games camping at those yeah yeah <laughs> a lot of fun but just going back to that yeah, yeah. what what are there any like any like prospects on your list that you're trying to like go to next because now you're in a different yeah like as far as races go like yeah so you're kind of in a different location yeah you were bummed about great america road america yeah i I still want to go to that because i would i'd see like indycar there or something like that they still race there i want to go to michigan i know your dad said your dad oh yeah that's a fun track that's a big camping experience inside the track especially like it's it's cool it's just to like be there like you it's kind of you have to like the noise as well because like practice is going on all day long and stuff and the race super loud inside but i want to go there i'm gonna go to road america i want to see something at like the milwaukee mile and the at the fairgrounds they have a yeah you should go to the the state fair is also really cool yeah i'm you park in the milwaukee mile but like go to the state fair oh is that where you park i was wondering because like the area we were looking at it just last night actually it's like the fairgrounds looks kind of small but like i'd have to believe that it's actually kind of a big fair it's like the wisconsin yeah it's pretty it's pretty big yeah Yeah. okay they have like a lot of like and maybe other fairs have this too but they're very very big on like um they'll have like horse competitions where like what was like the i don't know i don't know how i don't know anything about horse competitions but like (laughs) like not like horse racing but more like horse like grooming and stuff like yeah it's similar to, like, a dog show, but for horses, at least to yeah. my knowledge. And then they have, like, best cows, so they'll bring, like, a bunch of cows, and yeah. they'll pick out the yeah. best ones. And you can 4-H like, stuff. Yeah, you yeah. can, like, pet the cows, and, like, they just have a lot of livestock there in general, which mm-hmm. I thought was, like, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then they have their typical fair activities. Like, obviously, you got to get the cream puff if you go there. Yeah. It's, like, what Wisconsin <laughs> State Fair is kind of known for. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah. Is that where you're from in Oshkosh? They have a state or a county fair, I should say. Yeah, they have the Winnebago County Fair. Yeah. That's, yeah, nowhere near state fair levels. No. We have, like, <laughs> we have, like, some, um, like, some petting zoos. And, yeah. of course, like, we got the zipper there, if you know what the zipper is. No, it's like, a zipper? That's, like, the classic, like, county fair ride. I don't oh, know okay. if that's just in Wisconsin or what, but it's, like, this. <laughs> oh, no. They call it the zipper. It's this weird ride that, like. It looks like a kind of like this weird like oval shape mm-hmm. and there's like carts all around it mm-hmm. and you're in this like little cart that you sit down in and then like so what happens is like it's kind, it's very hard to explain but there's a circle on an angle like this and all these carts are on it and then the carts are like on a like conveyor belt so then they'll like whip around this circle oh yeah and oh. then like you're constantly like flipping in circles and I, I like Back in the day, I could do it, but now, like, I've noticed my mind is just, like, I get, like, motion sick on those a lot, so, yeah. like, 
I just, I think I'd probably throw up if I went on that now. But it's like, that was always like when you were growing up, like the ride that was like, oh my, like, are you going to go on it? Like, because it was like a little kind of scary at first, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I don't know. Don't have a ton to say about the county fair in in Winnebago, I think. Um, We have like demolition derbies. That was probably like the highlight. Oh, yeah. Uh Dudes just like crashing in cars and doing each other. My wife like, really wants to see you. Yeah, whichever car, like, dies first, like, yeah. <laughs> like loses. Yeah, really, really funny. Yeah. That made me think you said Winnebago. I was, like, so surprised when I moved to Wisconsin, like, how many, like, major brands that, like, I grew up with, just, like, not, like, super intimately, but it was, like, all these different brands yeah. and these just, like, our household names are from Wisconsin. Like, yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff from Wisconsin. There is. Like, agricultural products and, like... Like Winnebago Campers, Harley Davidson. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like all these companies that like I didn't know there's so much stuff from Wisconsin. Yeah. Like all I thought of was cows and milk, but <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad you've like begun to appreciate that because yeah. that's kinda how I look at it. Like and I d I don't know if it, I guess you've been to, you've lived in a couple states. Like, is mm-hmm. it like that for, for those like Ohio, like West Virginia? Like do you see that just as much or like I feel like there's big companies like in ohio and stuff but like i i don't know it just feels like different here it's like whoa like harley davidson's here like lion kugel land lakes like all these yeah. products like you think of on a daily basis is like they're all like made in wisconsin yeah. it's like procter and gamble's like in cincinnati ohio yeah. it's like okay it's like but like it's just not like doesn't have the same feel yeah yeah <laughs> it's like but there's just i know i began to appreciate like how many cool stuff how much cool stuff is from wisconsin yeah no there is a lot i think um oshkosh bagash is another one yeah um miller like miller beer yeah especially pbr yeah yeah i mean a lot of the beers from from wisco yeah yeah there's there's it's kind of like a double-edged sword being in wisconsin for alcohol because you get all the really good products but (laughs) oh man i don't know it's just the drinking culture here is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, like, it's almost to the point where, like, if you're not having a drink on the weekends here, like, you're doing something wrong, it seems yeah. like, which is just crazy. I think any other state that, like, listens to this will be like, what in the world? There's also, like, <laughs> there, I mean, I know in Matt, it's hard to say outside of here because I've only been in Madison, really, but it's like, obviously, the college town aspect of oh, it yeah, always adds to it. It's like, that's, yeah. that's part of the course, any college town, for sure, but... You lived in Wisconsin all your life. Yeah, you know, no, like, I can tell you that no matter where you go, Milwaukee, yeah, <laughs> Oshkosh, I, it's I, all the same. I fell in love the first time I walked into a beer store here. There's so many new beers to try. It's like Oklahoma had nothing cool. It's just like all your big brands, that's it. But there's yeah. so much to try here. So many local breweries and stuff to try as well that really excited me. It was I love this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we balled out. Like, that's for sure. We yeah. did not mess around when, uh, when it comes no. to alcohol here. <laughs> no. But I thought it was awesome, though. See all the different beer brands. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's sometimes how your weekends look, right? You got your little pool, and you just yeah. have a few in the pool and yeah. kick it. And that's all, hang out. all I really care to do. You're, you're, like you're living. You've always been living the Scotty life, I think. Yeah, Honestly, I think so, too. You'd, you'd fit right in here, that's for sure. <laughs> get a little more outside of town eventually but i mean other than that i think i think i could have everything i asked for right oh, now yeah. okay couldn't ask for too much more yeah, yeah. No, that's that's 
Yeah, Scotties live pretty simple, that's for yeah. sure. As no, long as they no, got no. some alcohol in the fridge. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, you have to do it to just deal with the... It's pretty depressing in the wintertime, I'll say yeah. that much. I yeah. mean, I'm used to it from Ohio, but... So I don't want to live that way anymore after no. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get talked about a lot, but yeah, that's definitely the rough part of the year. You kind yeah. of just blip that out of your mind if you get... <laughs> I yeah. try to appreciate it, but it's like, oh, it's snowing again. Time to whip out the boots, yeah. you know. Like, it's just... It's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, like, wrapping things up here, like, is there anything else you want to bring up or mention in your last few minutes on the pod? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I've enjoyed doing this with you. Like I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago, I know you you got those hot new t-shirts that just came out. Oh, yeah. Those are pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, I hope you take my recommendation at some point. Get some koozies on the list, oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get some promotional koozies going out there. Oh, my gosh. I got to tell this story. When I, I went over to Turner's Place a couple of weeks ago, and we're, like, having a couple beers, just hanging out, and you're like, you want a koozie? I'm like, I can't say no to a koozie. I was like, I thought you were going to pull out, like, five or six, like, different ones. My dad has, like, five or six. Man, pulls out this little, like, I don't even know, like, box of, like, I feel there must have been, like, a hundred in there. I was Uh, just like, holy smokes. I usually have a hundred. It's the best that every, every time I go to a a football game or go visit a different destination or a race yeah always grab it. i think that's better than a dumbass refrigerator magnet yeah i know it's oh, a hot yeah. take yeah no <laughs> i don't like, i don't even think I, it's a hot I, take i love i love just collecting koozies everywhere i go well at least a koozie is a purpose right? yeah it's yeah like, what is a magnet well, we're gonna do the refrigerator you're just gonna magnet. stare yeah, at yeah. it yeah. <laughs> and then have to take it off of your fridge every time you move and it's just like, dusty as hell by the time you do yeah. it, you know like, <laughs> so no i love collecting koozies and we collect koozies and coffee cups just about everywhere we go i feel like i didn't show you coffee cup oh collection that's kind of like the, is just crazy yeah. about those. <laughs> the cool little like i don't know i think it's the best way to like keep a memory between those two items so yeah. that's how i ended up collecting probably yeah probably well over 100 at this point so that's another thing i always like to hear if people have like and it's not a question you can directly ask it's one of those things where like um my biggest thing in, like, freshman year, when I was trying to figure out, like, how to get at, like, the good parts of a conversation, I'd always be like, oh, my God. Any, <laughs> any of my friends listening to this, like, remember how cringe this was. But, like, I'd always be like, so, like, like one of my good friends, Morgan, like, the one that designed, like, the logo. Yeah. I, I had, like, asked her, I remember vividly asking her, like, so, like, like, what are your, like, hobbies, like, outside of class? <laughs> it's just, like... It was so bad, but, like, it gets at, like, now I, Now what I like to do is just, like, oh, like, what do you, like, like to do outside of class for fun? And that's, like, a more, like, low-key way of saying it. Like, yeah. essentially, like, what are you into, you know? Yeah. Because like, mm-hmm. I would hope you have a life outside of school, you know? Yeah. Like, but, like, I, I think collections are another good way to, like, to go about it. I feel like everyone has a collection of something. Yeah, like, it's, know? like, something, like, they keep unique like a way of keeping memories yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's just pictures for some people and yeah that's okay but that's like a, I always enjoy doing that it's just a way of remembering remembering where I've been and you know all the all the good memories that went with it so I'm not a big picture person it's honestly my wife and I we always just forget to take pictures everywhere we go so yeah like we always have that with us so yeah yeah I feel like it's always nice to have like a 
I I guess I'm kind of hyping up myself here because I'm usually this guy that has someone in the friend group that like it's like no we should like get a quick quick like picture and everyone like hates that person in the moment but then like like looking back even like a year later they're like yo I remember like that that was so cool now we have this like look back yeah you you appreciate now I just roll my eyes when people want to take pictures all the time sometimes but it's like no you you start to appreciate it later on especially like family when you're younger and you know, people move on and pass away and stuff like that. Not to get too serious, but it's like, yeah, it, it's nice to have those pictures. No, it's like a fine line to tell. I think some people are like, like you have the Instagram people that are like, at all times, like we gotta get a picture. Yeah, here. but it's like, like stuff like, like yesterday when when me and you got a picture. Like that's yeah. this is like the end of an era. You know, this yeah. is like important mm-hmm. like monument. You yeah. know, yeah, like I sure. think when it comes to stuff like that, I think it's a little bit different. Yeah, I yeah. definitely think. That's, like, a good time to get a good picture. Absolutely. I agree. I think another good thing, too, is, like, to look at what, outside of people's, like, general expenses, like, what do they like to spend their money on? Because I think that can tell you a lot about, like, who who someone is as a person. And Again, that's not something you can directly ask, but, like, yeah. slowly, like, even if you could get, like, like, a tour of someone's house or something like that, like, you could kind of start to piece together, like, oh, are they, like... Are they more artsy? Are they more into, like, collecting? Or is it more, like, they're, like, there for, like, an experience, like, trying to, like, go to concerts and stuff like that? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's a good way to, like, try to figure that stuff out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Just, like, be, like, tactical about it. But, no, that that makes sense. Uh, be, I'll be honest with you. I, I probably spend all of my money on, like, I love, like, cooking. So, yeah. like, trying different, trying to cook different types of, types of meat and and different cuts so i i yeah. really just enjoy spending my money on that i'll blow a paycheck on different types. like <laughs> i like trying different things like i struggle during the week like, we've talked about this like especially with, like lunches it's like guy like i like to innovate like do something more <laughs> i could have a turkey sandwich every day for the rest of my oh, life yeah, but i like yeah. doing something more i like like kind of like bowling out on the weekends with trying trying something new yeah so, that's how i spend it <laughs> no i think i think that's a good way to go about it I'm... I think, yeah, the, sorry to say it, Tanner, but I think the, the days of the turkey sandwich are going by the wayside for me. Uh, you sure? I think they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll be there in grad school, but it's, I'm more so trying to like meal prep and like, yeah, um, yeah, just like switching up for lunch. Not like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's turkey sandwiches are easy to make and all, Yeah, it's, it's good to, I'm sure I'll turn back to the OG days at some point. Yeah, yeah you'll get You'll, like, get into, like, a couple of months of your PhD yeah. and become demoralized enough. Yeah. Realize, like, I don't want meal, I don't want meal prep anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's got to get demoralized as quickly as possible. <laughs> then they'll, and you think I'll go back to the roots? Stick it and, out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I, I'm thinking, like, at least going into it, I think Sundays is going to be my day when, like, I attempt to do all this meal prepping. and Yeah. Um, like call up like my friends and family and stuff. And mm-hmm. no. I think Sunday's a pretty good day to do that. Yeah, so. I try to always do, always try to do that. Same same deal. Yeah, we'll see if we'll see if that ends up happening or. Yeah, the... you feel better. Like I always, especially like I'm a morning person on the weekends. Like I want to get all the stuff out of my way so I can just relax. The yeah, rest of the day. yeah, that's how I felt about this. Honestly, like, like I'm all ready for Monday morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I what ends up happening is like usually the only time I can fit these in is like on a Sunday night. But, like, especially during the week, like, I've looked back at some of those episodes, and it's, like, 
I'm stressed out. Like, the guest is stressed out because we're both thinking about tomorrow, like, going yeah. to classes and having all these deadlines. Yeah. So, like, I, I might I might try to do it on, like, a set. Like, since I'm not going to be, like, getting hammered every weekend anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like how I was in undergrad a lot of weekends. Yeah. Like, grad school is going to be more so on the weekends. Like, I'm going to have a couple, but, like, on the weekends, I've come to realize, like, like this morning, like I liked waking up at seven thirty. It's like, oh, yeah. I still have my Saturday morning instead yeah. of like <laughs> staying up till four on Friday and then yeah. like sleeping until noon on Saturday. Yeah, you know? it's no, like, exactly. It's a bummer because yeah. Saturday is like a cool day, you know, yeah. to like do sure. fun stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, but yeah, I, I think that's a good way to to wrap it up. And I'm glad you could. Uh, I'm glad you could come on and yeah, hope you enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely. Glad we were able to fit in for your head off here. So yeah, yeah. You're my last so. episode in Madison. Oh, so. Awesome. Well, it's an honor. It's, it's a big honor. honor. Yes, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think we're... <laughs> All right. Well, 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 Thank you.